2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on
3: VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Sharp Money VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we open a week anew. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Hope you had a nice weekend. We say hi to the boys there. Downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street, the D, Bar Canada. Stop by and say hello. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Boys will close out the week in the NFL tonight. San Francisco, right now, sitting seven on the road, so they're laying it at Minnesota. Minnesota's a desperate team right now. It's two and four. Lose another one. You probably pretty much out of it. So San Francisco dealing with some injuries. We'll keep you updated as to where they stand. We close out the week that is the NFL. Also, we've got a game seven coming up here later this evening. Texas is going to throw Scherzer, Javier for Houston, but the early game, just about two hours, seven minutes away, first pitch, boys, is going to be Arizona. Merrill Kelly's catching a fat number, almost a fifty-five over at DraftKings and Aaron Nola, that Philly crowd, going to be going nuts right now. $1.85. Wow, favorite in that game at the bank. We'll say hi to the fellas. First off, start with Amal Shaw. Hi, Amal. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing very well. And the big guy in the slimming black. I will say this, the crew over in the closet there at the D, you know, Sean, And Liz, our director, she just sent over. Who knew she was Van Gogh? She just sent over a picture she painted of Sharp Money.
5: Uh, Beautiful color palette there. Big guy. How are we feeling? Liz, I am available to be painted like one of your French girls anytime you need.
4: (laughs) Paramore? The Paramore. Could you do your pose there? Very Costanza-like, I would imagine.
5: I can can (laughs) knock that one out. That's a pretty natural one for me. Look, guys, I got to keep things calm today. It was a horrible betting weekend for me. Absolutely got demolished. But I got to keep things calm because there's a test coming up later today. I go for my six-month cardiologist checkup, and I can't have the BP2 out of control.
4: Ooh, that is, uh, it's a big day for you. One that's been known to spend some time in the hospital because of the ticker, (laughs) one that's been known to take beta blockers like me. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not anymore at this point in my life, too. But uh, okay, big guy, we'll keep you in our thoughts. And speaking of thoughts, opening thoughts kind of to start here. One, we've got Like, Love, Loathe coming up, boys. Uh, As we mentioned, we've got Minnesota hosting San Francisco. Uh, Steve Fezzik is going to make his triumphant return to Sharp Money. Looking forward to seeing professional handicapper Steve Fezzik, and I know you boys
6: are both excited about the baseball today as well, right? Uh, absolutely. i tell you what, Max Scherzer's got an opportunity. He's got a, one more year left on his deal at $43 million in 2024, but what a chance to really kind of separate himself from so many other pitchers of his generation. We've seen how dominant Zach Wheeler's been in this postseason. Verlander has pitched well uh, in situations, but also got roughed up there, we saw, against the Rangers. So Max Scherzer struggled in Game 3, Patrick, but what an opportunity he has. Look, I don't know where you come out on this. For me, he's the second best pitcher I've seen in my lifetime. i got no problem if people put Kershaw ahead of Scherzer. But I am i am I'm not betting the game. I'm being biased tonight. I am pulling for the Rangers because of Scherzer. Covered this team for a number, year, a number of years. I'd love to see them get to the World Series. And I think everyone outside of Houston is all pulling for the Texas Rangers.
4: Oh, 100%. And uh, I know... Last night, if a baseball played is, is is a baseball game, even in the postseason, is played during a regular season Sunday, does it make a sound? I I'm not sure. <laughs> as the Rangers uh, had a big bomb in the top of the ninth, there, big guy to force this game seven. But here we go. As again, I'd love to see the ratings there because the NFL just dwarfs everything in its way. Uh, quickly on what Amal mentioned about Scherzer, he's there as far as my top three in my lifetime that I've watched in his prime competitiveness just sheer skill at this point it is officially spooky season and it's also fade Max Scherzer season that's where we sit right now
5: yeah you guys are uh, you guys are talking about two different people there was Max Scherzer in his prime and there's whatever Texas is trotting out there tonight to start <laughs> a massive game seven to go to the World Series I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Max Scherzer not because he's gonna get knocked out they're not gonna let him get knocked out first sign of trouble we'll see someone else I I love game sevens in the MLB postseason. There is no tomorrow. All hands are on deck. We're going to see four or five different guys come out of there, out of the bullpen that are normally starters, maybe even Jordan Montgomery, John Gray. It doesn't matter. They need to get their best arms out there, get as many outs as possible, and please do not pitch to Jordan Alvarez. No
4: tomorrow all hands on deck one foot in front of the can, let's 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 just keep can we do
6: 3 hours of clichés because that was a tremendous start by the big guy right well Not guys bad. it comes down to one game it's going to be take a pitch by pitch tonight and if Scherzer gets in a little bit of trouble <laughs> god willing <laughs> yeah absolutely
4: <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was tremendous big guy okay I, and i and i don't disagree with your assessment it's you know think about Scherzer the last time out against the Astros yep. uh, didn't he deal he, he got out of the first in like 8 pitches and and gave up fourth in the second, four in the second. So it, he is, that's just where he's at right now. He came back miraculously early from that injury. I think he kind of forced his way back with Bochi. Um, But we shall see. So we've got baseball. We'll for sure get to, of course, the cap of the early game uh, here in just a bit. Of course, the Diamondbacks and Phillies. Uh, But it is an NFL Monday and a football Monday. I've got always a theme on a Monday. and, And today the theme is the AFC North. So as we get it started today, I want to introduce you guys to a little guy I call 72 and Sonny. And don't let Dustin, I have no clue why you're laughing. You literally have no clue how I'm starting the show, nor do you know what I'm about to say. So may you just may I ask you a question? What are you laughing about? I
5: The AFC North is a great place to start. That's all. I'm just appreciating your where where you want to go
4: okay well I, I did want to start with the AFC North How, however I didn't want to start with a team that plays in the AFC North no 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 I want to say I want to talk about a team that faced an AFC North team yesterday uh, and again I, I call this guy 72 and Sonny as a matter of fact I call him a house cat and that is Jared Goff uh, once he leaves the house the owners start to get nervous and Lions fans start to get nervous once Jared Goff plays outdoors so old 72 and Sonny struggled but But the big story yesterday, and again, it feels like a mall literally every week we anoint a new team like, hey, this team had a great week. They're far and away. San Francisco, they go to Cleveland, they lose Detroit. They go to Baltimore and they get blown out 38 to six. But it really wasn't even that close. The Ravens were up 28 to nothing before the Lions got a first down. OK, and remember, the Lions had won four straight coming into this matchup against Lamar Jackson, who we'll talk about in just a little bit, because that's as good as I've seen the quarterback for the Ravens play in his career in the NFL. But remember, the Lions came in, had one four straight. The four straight quarterbacks, they beat Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young and Baker Mayfield. We got to chill <laughs> about this team and that being the Detroit Lions. Uh, however, the story here, it really was it, it was Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, the offense couldn't have been more crisp. Lamar 357 through the air, that vaunted Lions defense that I heard so much about, Amal Shaw, best run D in football, also great pass rush, no sacks, and gave up 146 on the ground. I'm not really interested in clowning the Lions here. More of a kudos to the Ravens, who were awesome yesterday. They moved to 5-2. and two.
6: I completely agree with you. I think the fact that they got beat so badly is what's going to be the st- storyline here, but the reality is you have a bad game throughout the course of the season. There's 17 games. I want to take you back, way back, going back 29 years. 1994, the San Francisco 49ers. They finished the regular season 13-3 on October 2nd that year. At home, they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, 40-8. They're sitting at 3-2. Patrick, they end up winning 10 games in a row the last week of the regular season. They didn't play anybody against Minnesota. They end up winning the Super Bowl that year against the Chargers by 23 points. I get people are a little bit alarmed by the way the uh, Lions played in this game. I just think they had a bad game throughout the course of a season. They'll bounce back. I think from from our standpoint, great opportunity to bet on them next week. I'm not as alarmed by what transpired. Yes, you'd expect a team to be competitive, but sometimes you, some people just have your number. We've seen Pedro Martinez get wrecked in a game. We've seen other guys get just absolutely beat oh, up. So
4: you're, you're reaching for Pedro starts I to don't. defend my Detroit Lions. Hey, I do appreciate this. My uh, goodness, keep stretching there, yoga. <laughs> <laughs>
6: gonna, I just <laughs> Pedro. I, I just don't think uh, Pedro probably didn't have it. I should have gone with another pitcher. But the reality Pedro's is, Pedro's on another level yeah, as he, a human to be fair But but I just don't think if you're a Lions backer, a Lions fan you should be as alarmed as say if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan there's to me three teams in the NFC San Francisco Philly and Detroit yes the Lions are sitting in third out of those teams right now I still think they've got a great shot to be able to come out of the NFC yes they played very poorly you referenced it it was more dominant than maybe the final score even indicated Lions get a touchdown in the fourth quarter but for me, it's just one game over the course of the season. Real quick, let's tie it into Washington. Everyone's got them potentially. Penix winning the Heisman. They didn't score an offensive touchdown Saturday night against Arizona State. So I think you're allowed to have a bad game along the way.
4: Yeah, and they and they certainly did. I I, I was thinking yesterday boys while I was watching it it had a very reminiscent feel now unless you're a Detroit Lions nerd like myself and my friends that were texting me yesterday last year towards the end of the year the Lions had won three straight games and they went down to Carolina when Carolina was completely out of it and they got beat 37 to 23 like Carolina had nothing to play for the Lions were pushing for a postseason that was late December and they got completely outclassed by the Carolina Panthers now I don't disagree with what I'm all saying big Guy, Like every team has a clunker, and that certainly was a clunker for the Detroit Lions. I'll just say this: I think from a good perspective, if you want to look at the Ravens, that ton, that Monken offense is starting to click. Where Amal mentioned it, it's thirty-eight to six, a late touchdown in garbage time. You know, the Ravens started to shut it down. Like the Ravens could, Lamar could have thrown for a four hundred and fifty yards. Like that was a very Look, they opened the game with a seven yard, seventy five yard touchdown drive, and it was over. I mentioned twenty-eight nothing before the Lions got a first down
5: yeah uh and i'd say for the ravens this is kind of making up for some mistakes these receivers were making for lamar over the last few weeks a lot of drops and on the lion side of things look i kind of agree with patrick they may not be as good as we thought they were and they may end up being a fraudulent one or two seed when you look at their schedule they're going to win 12 or 13 games may not really be a 13 win team this is an afc north house 40 to one hey who day we back
2: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Guy taking shots at my ancestors on a Monday. It's all good. College bat Oh, this was uh, this is actually pretty exciting. So we just got amongst the company. Uh, Bill Ad sent us the college basketball betting guide this morning. It's ready for you as well to download. It's awesome. Uh, Matt Eumann's top twenty-five rankings. Who could be this season? Florida Atlantic. Gosh, that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? All thirty-two conferences previewed. Wooden Award candidates. Futures and season-long prop bets. Be- vsincom slash subscribe. You can sign up now. Remember, we've got the Sports Equinox special, but as low as 19 bucks to give it a try. You can sign up for $120 through May 1st and get everything as far as college basketball and everything else we offer right now. vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. I hope you had a nice weekend. As we do return, it was... I know you've got some sound coming from John Harbaugh there as the Ravens. I'd say they were the most impressive team over the weekend, boys. But really, my theme to start a Monday here is the AFC North as our Cincinnati Bengals were on a bye. They're sitting three and three. Uh, But how about the North? It's fascinating if you think about, first off, the Browns go and win. Do they have quarterback controversy brewing there and then i i don't know how if i told you the steelers were four and two would you guys believe me even if it was real because (laughs) how does mike tomlin win football games with such a trifling roster but they do uh and they go and it was obviously controversial but the steelers 24 17 uh beat the rams those are two uh, while i was watching it i'm like those are two. Those are great head coaches. When you're talking about McVay and Tomlin, I'm all because uh, not overly talented teams outside of Stafford and two wide receivers. You don't have a ton up front on either sides outside of Donald. And then conversely, I mean the Steelers are just getting it done with. You know, chewing gum and paper clips.
6: Yeah, you're absolutely right about it. I like the analogy you just made there. You're right. Two great coaches. And if you just look at the box score from the game, you think how did the Steelers win this game? Rams go nine for 16 on third down conversions. Steelers are five for 12. The Rams rush for 135 yards. Pittsburgh just 86 yards in this game. Uh, comparable in the passing statistics: 219 for LA, 214 for Pittsburgh. But you're absolutely correct when you look at this team. How do they do it? They go on the road in this particular spot, get a win. I know there was a controversial spot in this one. Uh, but you have to give Pittsburgh credit. And you mentioned it, 4-2. and two. I, th- I thought the game against the Browns was a little bit of a fluke. I shouldn't say fluke, but they did what they needed to. They got, d- they got the win there. Um, they get absolutely destroyed by the Texans. The Ravens make a crucial turnover late. They find a way. This team just finds ways to win football games. And at this point in time, I think betting against them is at your own peril.
4: Yeah, TJ Watt with the pick to start the second half was huge. Big guy. Kenny Pickett, that connection to Deontay Johnson. Also, Brett Maher, speaking of the last names, (laughs) Dustin. The Rams kicker missing an extra point. A couple of field goals. I think they were 50 yarders, but not great there. The Rams had every opportunity to win it here. Uh, again, they capitalize. Jalen Warren is a difference maker as a running back. Maybe it's just the contrast of seeing old Glacier Harris <laughs> run the football. And then they bring in <laughs> I am convinced at this point. I'm convinced at this point it's it's kind of the okie doke where Najee Harris is so slow and so bad that you use him. So when Jalen Warren comes in, it's just like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, and like, it confuses the defense, defense because you can't, justi- you can't justify <laughs> handing the ball off to Najee Harris First anymore. of all, you Najee Harris
5: is still only 25 years old. Looks like he's 60. And it's like when you uh, when you pick up the 50-pound dumbbells, you can do like one or two or three, and then you pick up like the 15s and you can fly yeah, through it. That's, that's how it looks between those two yeah. runs of football. Uh, what's crazy with, with this team is, it, it, you guys pointed out with this roster, the rest of the league has iPhone 15s, and Mike Tomlin has a flip phone for a roster. <laughs> like, he's still doing it the way he did it when he got into the league. He hasn't changed a damn thing about how he wants to win football games, and it is somehow working. But Here's the key. I think George Pickens is such a difference maker for them vertically getting the ball downfield. That's adding an element. They're by no means a team that gets going shot for shot with the Chiefs on their best day. But they do now have more of a passing element than they did earlier in the year and even last year. And then for the Rams. I get like you lost your running back, and you're still going to run the ball 31 times with Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson. Meanwhile, Cooper uh, Cup only gets two catches. Why are you not treating him as part of your run game and getting him some screens and getting him involved more? I mean, you're not going to win running the ball 31 times against a Mike Tomlin defense.
6: Well, it's interesting, guys. Last week, Puka Nakua was basically had the stats that Cooper Cup had this week, and obviously, Cup had what uh, Nakua had this. Uh, uh, present week. It's interesting that they didn't utilize him more like Dustin alluded to. In terms of the wide receivers for Pittsburgh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are a top five combination in football. But we'll never realize that or people will never talk about that because they don't have the quarterback play. I've got to tell you, this season to me has really solidified. You need a great quarterback and you need great receivers or you need a good quarterback with great receivers because it just seems like A.J. Brown and D., uh, Devontae Smith have elevated Jalen Hurts. We've seen the same thing with Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell. You see more, D.J. Moore, in Chicago, how much more effective he's been for Justin Fields. And what George Pickens can do for Kenny Pickett is a game changer. These guys combined yesterday for, what, I think about 180 yards, to two of them, 186 to be exact, on 10 catches. It was the difference in the ballgame, why Pittsburgh was able to be so effective of what Pickens can do down the field. He is a matchup nightmare.
4: Yeah, two pretty good tandems. You mentioned it with Johnson, George Pickens. Puka Nakua had 94 yards on five catches just in the first half. Cooper Cup, oddly enough, didn't do a ton in this game. And you see the difference 24-17 as far as the Steelers. And I'm just taking a look right now. And, big guy, we can um, get to any sound that you feel is fitting as we talk about the AFC North and kind of highlight it because I'm looking right now. Baltimore's sitting there at the top of five wins. Pittsburgh's got four. They're four and two. Cleveland, four. And then Cincinnati's sitting at three and three. So, by my math, five, four, the four, four. That's 16 wins for a division so far. I'm not sure I would imagine I could take a look. My guess is that is that's the most wins in division. Looking quickly right now, it looks like it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's just we we knew it was going to be. It has been um, historically a tough division. You see the odds as they've adjusted to win the North. The Ravens um, sit that top plus 115 over at DraftKings. The Browns three to one. The Steelers four to one. And we'll get to the Browns in a second. The Bengals are Bengals who day for uh, four and three quarters plus four seventy five.
5: Anything as far as
4: sound coming out of this one? Yeah, or the let's,
5: Ravens be- there, big guy? let's begin at the top with the Ravens. John Harbaugh. He is the head coach of the Kings of the North. Currently, he was asked, was the victory yesterday over the Lions a statement win for them? Yeah, I mean, you guys can
6: define all that stuff the way you want, and that's cool. You know, we're going to just define it in terms of what we think we're capable of playing like. And I I promise you all the different things in that game that we feel like we can do better. But the things that we did well, you know, we stand on and we build on, and things we can do better, we got to take with us out to Arizona and find a way to keep getting better. So uh, that that kind of creates a vision for what we can be, uh, but let's go be even better
4: statement win. A better question would have been: Have you
6: ever? Did you ever forget growing up to plug your brother in <laughs> in the morning? I, I, I was getting ready to ask: Why does your brother have the personality of a can of paint? I mean, it, it is unbelievable how different and contrasting in styles these two guys are. It's just like he,
4: he that uh, John Harbaugh is so present, and like always, just very dialed in very of the moment, and, and, and the other one is like on an
5: acid trip. Um, okay, anything else, big guy? Yeah, uh, staying in the north, the Cleveland Browns, there's a quarterback situation where Deshaun Watson was pulled out of yesterday's game with an injury. Kevin Stefanski was asked after the game, what's the deal with that? Deshaun took that big hit uh, on the shoulder. Uh, he cleared concussion protocol,
4: but I just did not want to put him back out there. I wanted to protect our franchise quarterback. That was my decision, um, and that's what it was. He's our starter moving forward. <laughs> He's our starter in Seattle.
5: Um, I just It's always going to be my decision to protect our players. So is he going to practice this? Well, I mean, it's Sunday, so I'll update you guys later. But you don't think he hurt it
4: anymore, uh, Yeah, I mean, we'll evaluate all those things like we do, um, but we'll see
5: having fun. Kevin Stavansky's having fun. Update today, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport saying Watson's day-to-day with that shoulder injury noted that, health aside, Watson will start this week, which uh, duh. I mean, look, he, he called him his franchise
4: quarterback in that kind con- when you when it's guaranteed money and you give a guaranteed contract, you have to say our franchise quarterback. If not, he wouldn't be saying it because there would be questions and a debate to be had. But they've gone all in on Deshaun Watson with the contract. And look, this was a thirty nine, thirty eight win. We can talk about the officiating in Indianapolis You know, Miles Garrett almost single handedly beat the Indianapolis Colts. I wrote down he had he forced two fumbles, had nine tackles and two sacks. And that's probably not doing him justice. You know, on the other side, bad coaching, odd coaching, I'd say, with the play calling. Gardner Minshew was very good. And obviously people talking about the officials coming out of this one.
6: Uh, not to mention the uh, blocked field goal. I mean, he. True. I think he solidified yeah. himself as defensive player of the year yesterday. That's not a defensive yeah. play, is it? Special teams. Uh, blocking a field goal. <laughs> I don't care. I, I'm putting that in the defense. Still perception-wise, you yeah. think
4: about yeah. it as he's a defender making a making a difference, making play on his. Yeah, team. I'm just parsing
6: I, the parser. It's <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, Physically speaking, it defies science what he's able to do uh, with his body. He is unbelievable. I love the comment Trent Williams had after their game against San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. He talked about how great he is. But you're right, guys. And by the way, watch out for the Ravens in the AFC. They're sitting pretty good. I know you and Dustin like them early on, Patrick. This team's in a dangerous spot because of their record and where they're sitting. They could wind up with the best record.
4: Well, we talked about the Browns. They don't have a quarterback controversy because they gave Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money. Is there a controversy? Will there be moving forward in Chicago? That's next. This is Sharp
3: Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Okay, we've got all four major sports in action, and there's no better time of the year to be a sports better, of course, and with our new Sports Equinox special, there's no better time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Sign up today and get full VSIN Pro access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120, including daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus all of our exclusive betting content for the baseball playoffs, college football, rest of the NHL season, March Madness. We've got our guide that dropped today that's included for the $120 through may 1st vison.com/subscribe it's a little easier as we welcome you back hope you had a nice weekend you know headed towards halloween it's a little easier on a monday like on this october 23rd to wake up as opposed to i don't know smack dab in the middle of july on a monday as far as the calendar because if you think about it you got two place baseball playoff games today you've got minnesota hosting san francisco tonight you've got hockey all over the place tomorrow you kick off the nba season officially with two games we've got our college basketball guide that just dropped so it's uh it's a pretty good time of the year where all the uh, i'd say i put it this way amal like the the days sports wise
6: kind of melt into one another and and we've got the epl back of course yeah absolutely right you mentioned it: tottenham and fulham right now in the 30th minute going on at tottenham uh this is a fantastic time of the year when you have all these four sports starting up. NBA starts this week, college basketball, you mentioned just right around the corner. It's really a fantastic time. I love the fact that we've got baseball during the day. It'll carry over into game seven tonight. I can't wait for it. Dustin mentioned it earlier. I heard Matt Vasgersian say it on the postgame show last night. He goes, there's not better two words in sports than game seven. And he's absolutely right about it and should be a ton of fun. This is a great time of the year to be a sports fan, sports better.
4: What does it mean to you, big guy, I this just, October
5: 23rd? You guys have totally slept on just like how you lose track of the days and the weeks because we also have football on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. And Sharp Money's team, Sam Houston State, is back in action this Wednesday. And oh, I think I'm exciting. betting them. I think I'm, I don't think UTEP can score against them. I, my issue is we used to have Maxion it used to be unique with one league. I, I liked
6: the MAC; it was a little bit better quality football than we're getting out of right now to the Sam Houston States, the UTEPs, and
5: everybody else. Conference USA—it's it's a rough watch, and I got to tell you, it's rough on the wallet right now too.
4: Are you um, are you sandbagging, or are you legitimately going through a rough stretch right now?
5: Oh God, I think Saturday. I am celebrating that Saturday was a five and five day. Thanks a lot. Dabo Sweeney for that. Uh, Cade Klubnick opting to pull that ball back and turn it into an RPO and get stuffed. Losing to Miami's backup quarterback. Uh, Yeah, no, it was bad. Then yesterday, I want to say I was like three and six yesterday, something like that. Uh, Patrick and I got very unlucky with the Colorado
6: State game Saturday night.
4: Oh, that's right. I, that was my first loss of the year and uh, the dog pound. I can't believe I lost a game.
6: <laughs> I, I, I'm in trouble in
4: the dog pound because Amal hit two. You hit the Jags. You might have hit two also.
5: No, because uh, I had the no, I had the Chargers in Colorado State. OK, so you hit one. You hit the Jags. So I'm in trouble because you guys are coming for me. I haven't hit one in a couple of weeks now.
4: Yeah, we coming like Dion. <laughs> boom, we coming, boom. although they going.
6: <laughs> yeah. That the team stinks. <laughs> hey, can't, they can
4: beat. Oh. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just thinking. Like, imagine watching Colorado, even when they were winning early, and thinking this team's good. Like, what were you like this first time watching football? The Team stinks.
6: Anyway, I, I digress. No, I was just gonna say Mal. this is a team that blows a twenty-nine point lead against Stanford. I'm telling you right now, if you watch that Stanford UCLA game Saturday night, you're sitting there going,
5: "How the hell?" Did they score 14 points? Forget coming back from down 29 against Colorado. How'd they score 14 points? By the way, they're catching 17 at UCLA, and UCLA just absolutely eviscerated Stanford. And that was on the farm. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I mean, it's unbelievable. Josh McDaniels... uh, the (laughs) That's it. (laughs) it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Because you know why? I was just like, the Raiders got... Trounced in Chicago uh, against a D2 quarterback, w- which we'll talk about, 30 to 12. Uh, but just the score and watching the game, you know, the Raiders, when they beat the Patriots and you looked at their schedule... They were really set up to go on a little bit of a run here. And if you're a coach, like talent wise or roster to roster, if you're Las Vegas, they were favorite in the game. You got to go and beat the Chicago Bears with a D2 quarterback. You just do like that's kind of the differentiator. You're either a good head coach that has your team prepared or you're a dude that's just a guy. And that's McDaniels. You know, Brian Hoyer is not necessarily any good, but still And uh, Tyson Badgett. Bajant, however you say it, made his first career start. And obviously not much was expected from that Bears offense or Bajant himself. Uh, But they put on a bit of a show. And I, I thought the kid looked pretty efficient. He looked pretty secure. And sure of himself, 162 yards and a touchdown. But really, it was what the Bears did on the ground that was the difference maker here. And they just kind of pulled away from this Raiders team.
6: Yeah, they made Deontay Foreman look like Ricky Williams out of Texas. It was unbelievable how bad this defense played. And Patrick brought up a great point, Josh McDaniels. I was looking. He's got four years and a $40 million deal with the Raiders. So it's just mind-boggling to me that they gave him $10 million per year. But guys, and, and Patrick brought up a great point. When you look at this team's schedule, you thought, OK, three and three. The Chargers are sitting at two and four. You've got an opportunity now to make a run within this division. The Bears at the Lions probably going to lose. But Giants, Jets at the Dolphins, they had some opportunities here. They failed to do so. I like the opening drive. They were calculated in getting the ball to Devontae Adams. They got Jacoby Myers a ton of targets yesterday. But, guys, I have no idea where this team goes from here. This was, to me, one of the three worst losses of the NFL season. I thought Pittsburgh per- Pittsburgh's performance against the uh, Texans, where they got beat 30-6, to 6 was right on par with that. This was an embarrassment by the
5: Raiders yesterday. What do you got, big guy? Uh, Brian Hoyer is on an 0-12 straight-up run as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, after the game, Josh McDaniels was asked, well, why didn't you start Aiden O'Connell then? this isn't the preseason anymore. You know what I mean? We, 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 we had a, a, an entire week of practice in LA, you know, or some, most of the week, you know, we had an opportunity to practice them, um, you know, and there was some good things and there was some other things that, you know, we needed to, to work on and fix and obviously get better and improve. So, um, you know, that that's such is life in that regard. You know, when you're when your starter is not available, you know, you're trying to make what you think is the best decision for the team. Again, I, I don't put this all on one person now. Let's make sure we make that clear. There's a lot of people uh, that can do a better job of what we did today.
2: And, uh, and that's what we're going to need to do.
5: <laughs> I can't believe he's convinced three NFL franchises to make him a head coach. It, the it, Colts were, like, chasing him down as he
4: ran away from them, too. It, like, they ended up with Frank Reich and Shane Steichen, and somehow it was still
6: a blessing. Is he the college—I mean, is he the NFL Will Mosh champ?
4: It, look, when you're halfway through your answer as a head coach and you <laughs> go away from it is what it is, but— hammer us with a such as life (laughs) you've given up (laughs) because that's exactly what he did there in the middle of that sentence and like I know it was rhetorical when he asked the question it's not the preseason you know what I mean but I'll answer it I don't coach know what you mean (laughs) because didn't you just start Aiden O'Connell a few weeks back (laughs) like so I mean just to answer your rhetorical no I don't know what you mean and I don't know what you have here like All kidding aside. If they would have just taken the moment, and I know that he's probably a donk, but if they would have just taken the Basaccia momentum, yeah, after that dramatic Gruden fired midseason, Bassachia takes over. Remember, they beat the Chargers in a must-win game at home to go to the postseason. Went and lost, I, but I, if they last year, where would they be right now? Because McDaniel's is not a head coach, um, but I think the focus should be on. I'm sure you have the. Uh, Badgett, the
5: kid talking. Yeah, we've got a few that we'll we'll sprinkle in throughout the show. The first one is, I mean, I agree with you, Patrick. I thought he looked super composed. He made a lot of plays, obviously good at at, at, uh, being a mobile quarterback and looked a lot better than some power five guys we see from bigger programs who've tried to start rookie years. This was Tyson Badgett after the game asked about where he gets his confidence from. I feel like I've played like a million games at quarterback. I feel like I, I was able, you know, I was able to, uh, win the job in high school my sophomore year. And then, you know, I started every game, uh, through my senior year of college. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's seven years of starting, you know, understanding what the week of preparation looks like, um, and going through pretty much every concept and, and run concept that there is. So,
2: uh, I've repetition mother of all learners and I've been blessed to have a lot of repetitions in my life. So.
4: That is impressive. That kid won a football game in Chicago yesterday, and I saw him with a surfboard walking here in Hermosa (laughs) Beach this morning on my way to Starbucks. (laughs) What the hell is that? That's literally my neighbor who is always ripping the nar nar out here in the ocean. Wow, he's uh, interesting.
5: I get the Raiders' defense is really really bad, and everyone just throws all over them, and then like, but still. Impressive for a Division II kid to walk in first start like that and to have the numbers he did in the day
6: he did. Patrick, you're not far off. You said, you know, Hermosa Beach, you represent, you know, Manhattan Beach. He's from a similar place, Martinsburg, West Virginia.
4: <laughs> oh, is he from? I was wondering where he's from.
5: He's from West Virginia? Yeah. Shepard University stand-up Harlan Hill winner in 2021. That's the Division II Heisman. He just... Sometimes you just,
4: uh, the eyeball test is so important. Yep. And he just, he looked, he looked good. Like there's, he looked you like know, an NFL quarterback. He, he looked like a competent NFL quarterback. I would agree with you. Um, incompetency was on display in Tampa Bay at the quarterback position. We come back.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
0: The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on V the Sports Betting Network.
4: We'll get into that conversation. Mr. Fezzik, our next guest, got a standing ovation there at the D, Circus Sports. When he walked in, you love to see it. A man that's been a legend there in Vegas for many years. Professional handicapper Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, at Fezzik Sports, two Z's and a K on Twitter. Two-time Super Contest winner. It's great to see our friend Steve. He was under the weather for a few weeks, but he is back and ready to go looks good as ever looks healthy we got you back we do have first pitch at the bank there in Philadelphia. Game six, Nola v. Merrill Kelly coming up in about six minutes, boys. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. I I know there's a baseball conversation, Fez, that you want to get to. Before we do, do you, Mr. Shaw, or you, Mr. Sweetelson, have a play you wanted to give out quickly on this
6: baseball game coming up in Philly? Yeah, I like the Phillies on the run line here today. I like the way uh, Aaron Nola's pitched in this postseason. I think Zach Gallon could be in some trouble here. Excuse me, Merrill Kelly. I I like The Phillies to close it out here today.
5: Big guy? It's been no secret that uh, I have a lot of tickets on the Texas Rangers to win it all. I also have 80 to 1, 34 to 1, and 20 to 1 on the Diamondbacks with a, uh, I believe, a 12 or 13 to 1 ticket on the Phillies. So I'm going to get my tickets paid for with the Diamondbacks and I went money line on the Phillies at minus 190. If it hits tonight, it covers all my Diamondbacks money and I'll do the same tomorrow because the Diamondbacks ticket is worth a lot more than I'm laying the next two days potentially.
4: Beautiful. And Mr. Fezzik, oh, nice to see you. Already, How are you?
3: He's already looking forward to game seven. You got to love that. I am good. You know, my gut says the Phillies do win tonight, though, but I did not bet it.
4: There was a broader as we were coming back from break, there was a broader baseball conversation that you wanted to implement here. Let's get into that.
3: So I've got a friend who is a ticket broker. In a faraway place and he is going to make I don't know how he's got all these tickets, but apparently demand was huge in Texas for the World Series makes sense, but not in Houston where they're spoiled. So he needs Houston to make the World Series desperately. So he's contracted with me and I am getting him down Mattress Max style, betting Houston, trying to get him the best numbers physically possible. What's interesting, I feel it's a little bit like being a mutual fund where if, you, if, you, if you're not cool and you buy too fast, you're gonna, right, the price is going to go up. So I've been nibbling on Houston minus 118, minus 120, minus 122, trying to get the very best price as the day has progressed because I have to get a big bet in for my, my buddy here.
4: Beautiful and of course Texas Scherzer on the bump for the Rangers. A game seven tonight. Houston uh, is going to throw Javier right now. Amal Dustin, Javier, and of course Mr. Fezzik. A dollar thirty. And coming back the other way, Scherzer plus 110.
6: Uh, Javier has been outstanding in this postseason. And you've mentioned it earlier, Patrick, surprising that the number is as short as it is. Uh, to me, when you look at Max Scherzer, it's more of a name than anything else. If it was any other pitcher named Bob Smith and he had performed the way Max Scherzer has down the stretch, you'd be like, how is Houston not minus 175 or 160 or something, 150 in a spot like this, just based on the way Javier's pitched, the experience of that team and where they've been.
3: You know, I do want to address how important it is to get the very best of the numbers. So I'm just going to throw this out. People could agree by a few cents. So the no VIG number on this game should probably be like Houston minus 122, uh, Texas plus 122. So if we had a casino, we didn't charge any VIG. All right, so think about this in terms of, if you bet Texas, you're not getting 122, you're getting 110 on a 20 cent line. If you're betting Houston, you're not getting minus 122, you're getting minus 130. You see where I'm going. On a game of this magnitude where there's so much money being bet, if you think you can win getting seven cents the worst of the number with the no Novig number, you are delusional beyond delusional. So getting the very best of the number, critical to success in sports betting.
4: Yes, sir. And we were all discussing that total big guy a little bit earlier. Game seven, a little under 90
5: action for you. Not uh, number nine, I should say, for <laughs> Definitely you. Definitely 90. Uh, I I think I'm going to end up going with that <laughs> under nine. Look, Christian Javier, career in the postseason, he's been there a lot. I know someone was at a, as a reliever for Houston. 208 lifetime in the playoffs, man. This guy steps up when it matters. And on the other side for Texas, the only fear you have with that total is that Sh- Scherzer gets bombed, but it's game seven with a chance to go to the World series we're going to see montgomery we're going to see gray they're going to throw every live arm they can to get to the world series and worry about who starts game one which by the way is friday tomorrow beautiful fez what I want to do, because it looks like my man
4: has been saving up some conversation topics, because you sent us over just a plethora of talking points. So we can get to Monday Night Football, which we haven't really discussed. Of course, it's seven tonight, San Francisco dealing with injuries at Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously a desperate team sitting two and four. We can discuss that coming up in just a bit. But why don't we just go chronologically here and have some fun with some talking points from a professional handicapper? And we'll start with number one, and that is the death of teaser. Go ahead and jump on that.
3: Oh, my goodness. Don't blame me. I didn't kill them. But um, teasers are done So in Vegas, the very last place in Vegas that allowed you to play a six-point teaser, minus 120. Caesars Palace, Caesars, Harris, William Hill, now minus 125. So if you want to play, if we will go back in our time machine, like 20 years, you could play six-point teasers at minus 100. Some would call that even money and would say, I'm a total square ball to say minus 100. Then they became minus 110. Then minus 120, and I was cool, even up to minus 120 playing Wong Teasers. I'm out, Patrick. You're not gonna win laying minus 125 or more. It's time to find another advantage opportunity. And this happens whenever you find something where you have the edge, inevitably, eventually the sports books are gonna take it away and you're gonna have to find, to, you're gonna have to look somewhere else.
6: Yeah, Patrick, they've gone to minus 115 on MGM and Caesars now on second half place. I, I mean, saw it's, that it's, on just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, to me, they, these guys should man up and say, "Listen, if you kick our ass six ways to Sunday, we reserve the right to throw you out." There should be a sign on every one of the sportsbooks before they take a wager from you.
4: It's- Death of teasers to start with, Mister Fezzik. Number two, the myth—the myth part of me of mislined games. Why don't we set this up? What do you mean by mislined games, and why is it a myth?
3: So. I, and I'd be the first to admit I've done this myself, where all the people are talking about a game, you're like, they yeah, have the total right now, I went under 59, and I make it 53, all right? So they're, they're basically saying they think it, it should be 53, but they don't really believe it, all right? Because it's, it's just good radio, and it's entertaining. But if it truly should be 53, and you're playing under 59, you should be betting like 15% of your bankroll, on that play because or, or more because your edge would be so obscene well, it never pans out in actual results and the best thing i can give is i think the Vison invitational i think they've recruited of the 16 people in that this year i would say 14 of them are very well qualified solid betters if not professional betters and their record year to date is just above 50%, like 50.3%. Now, how can that be? How could they be sucking so bad? Because it's really, really difficult to beat numbers once they've been hammered into place against a book like Circa that takes big limits, which they do by Friday. So, a whole lot of these people, you could say, you know, I'll use an example a guy who's on the cutting block to finish last. Randy McVeigh is a very, very sharp better. Chuck Adele's right there as well, an extremely sharp better. Would I want to book his action on Monday? Absolutely not. All right. That's a guy that's going to do really well. But by Friday, if you told me, hey, these, he's on the phone, he's going to give you me his best bet. I'd be like, well, I'll, I'll get back to you after lunch. I don't care unless it's an information breaking thing because it's so much more difficult to, to, to win. However, against an opener on Sunday night, absolutely. I will not eat and I will get that information. It's just learning. Get at the openers. Get at the games of the year. Find ways to win against softer marketplaces.
4: Love it. Love it. And let me just kind of piggyback. So misline games and the myth. And then you said also kind of to a company, we really need to clarify all these experts saying games are off by three, four, five points, et cetera. What do you mean by that?
3: So I've got on my shirt. I don't know if the first listener to identify it, go ahead and put it on Twitter. I'll buy you dinner. So it says Whitman Price Haddad. There they are. Last season's winners basking in the Maui sun. Anyone, anyone got that movie reference? No, what is
4: that? I don't know.
3: It's the Running Man. That's oh. Killian talking to you. Where they didn't <laughs> no. actually, they weren't actually last season's winners, unfortunately, as Fireball, um, Jim Brown, this stalker disclosed. But what I'm saying is, is Richard Dawson, who's a great villain, comes out. And he's just like he's so entertaining and everyone loves him, but he's not speaking the truth. Games are not mislined by five points. This whole it's not 1992 back when Doc's Big Ten game of the year would win 12 straight years. And there were games that were way, way off. But in today's day and age, if a game is way off, I assure you, it's going to get taken out and down if it's publicly available information. And uh, you're not going to see that great value stay on the board all the way through to Friday. Now, there's an exception to the rule. This does happen. My buddy Ken Thompson has given it to me before. He's got all these contexts in college basketball, and he's like, Fezzy. The top two leading scorers didn't even make the trip to Reno. Nobody knows about it. Okay, well, if you got info like that, that's different. When you have something, information that's not available to the marketplace, absolutely, you can find plays. But those are so few and far between that you will rarely ever see them.
4: Well, let's keep going. You said it's not true when betting NFL sides, the best better in the world, are not going to be able to get to 54%. Do you just want to keep going with that?
3: Sure. So what's happening is that people w- w- will argue with me and they'll say, no, I've hit 55%. And what happens inevitably, yeah, you hit 55% because you're, you're you're really good at this and you nail like Houston's playing and they're at Carolina. Poster child, all right? Carolina's a winless team off of a bye. It's the mother of all good spots. It's a good bet player. Plus three, it probably, it might be 53%, it might be 54%, but somebody got it plus three and a half. So there's your 60% type of bet that it doesn't mean it wins, but it's not going to hang out there for very long. And by Monday morning, by the time we're doing the show, people are like, why well, is Fez talking about plus three and a half? I, I'm having trouble finding plus three. Well, yeah, because it, it was such a good play. And you know what? In the year 1998, you'd be betting plus three and a half on Thursday. Now, if you sleep in and you miss breakfast, there, the, that three and a half is gone and it's never coming back.
4: The, the margin for a sports betting winner is razor thin. And Fez, you mentioned in your notes that you're looking for marginal edges that only generally exist early in the week. you got to get on them early.
3: On sides, on props, there's still big edges to be had.
4: Okay, let's discuss that coming back. Plenty of notes. I love the energy. Fezic always prepared. The fastidious one. Steve Fezic joins us here live at the D. It's Sharp Money.